the same old tune, fiddle and guitar. Where do we take it from here? Rhinestone suits and new shiny cars. It's been the same way for years. We need to change. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast Tax Moves with Glenn Birnbaum. Glenn, looks like we got some clarification on the 199A. Yes, Casey, they came out, the Treasury Department issued some regulations, they're called, and they're just proposed, but they're proposed regulations. Uh, they were issued a week ago Wednesday, so we've had about a week to look at them um, and definitely provided some clarity on a few things, so we thought we'd kind of quickly update people on that. So we will have to kind of postpone our topic that was going to be next on trust and that. We'll, we'll pick that up later. So, yeah, today we're back to 199A. Right on. So that's well. It sounds like they got some good clarification on on a, several things that were kind of up in the air. So you yeah, take that away. So let's just kind of quickly, you know, what we want to talk today is about is the impact on on active farmer. You know, somebody that's, that's you know currently farming, and then we're going to talk also about somebody that's maybe just a landlord. You know, receiving cash rent or crop share. So those two kind of taxpayers. So just quick background on one ninety nine a. You know, we're not going to talk about the great glitch fix that was passed back in March. Um, they're actually going to be providing regulations uh, to further describe how that's all going to work. They, they said that, but they just haven't been released yet. So we're not going to talk about the great glitch fix. But we're just going to talk about kind of normal 199A, which basically means if I am a trader business, we're going to get to this later. If I have trader business income, and I, let's say I make $100,000, easy math. I get a free $20,000 reduction or 20% of that $100,000. And so I'm actually only going to pay tax on $8,000 of income. So it's pretty nice, right? I actually made $100,000 of income, but I only pay tax on eight. So that's this 20% deduction, okay? So am I eligible or not? That's the question. Now, if you might remember, my life is easier if my income is below a certain threshold. If I'm married, filing joint, still a pretty high threshold, $315,000. I don't have to worry about some extra limitations. But if I am over that threshold, getting married, filing, joking, $315,000, there's some limitations that are, is based on the wages that I pay on out of my business or out of my farm. It's 50% of my wages or it's 25% of my wages and, and this 2.5% of my depreciable property. So the bottom line is there's more limitations if your income is over 315000 and it's based on either your wages or your wages plus your farm equipment, anything that's depreciable, so not land, okay? So that's kind of our background. Now, so what did we learn here? Biggest thing we learned was a pretty typical situation, right? I've got an operating farm, but I broke off the land into a different entity, right? It's in a separate entity. It's an LLC, probably a partnership. So I'm paying rent over there to that entity. Is that rent income that's going to be over there, and there's probably going to be income over there, right? It's, it's yep. Usually the rent entity has income. Maybe the farm isn't going to have much income at all, particularly with these prices, right? But the rent entity is going to have income. And so is that going to qualify for this 20% deduction? This was the big one of the big questions we didn't know. So good news is the IRS came out and said, hey, we're going to provide an exception that says if you've got rent that's received from a commonly controlled entity, you know, basically a related party, um, it's going to be considered trade or business. So it's going to be eligible for this deduction. So that's a really nice thing, okay? 
And if my income is below three hundred fifty thousand dollars, again, I don't have to worry about wage limitations for qualified properties. So it's just whatever that rent income is, it's considered trade of business, and I'm eligible. So again, it has to be commonly controlled. Um, the definition is, you know, if I'm just say I'm the taxpayer, um, my parents count, my children count, my grandchildren count. So all those can kind of lump together, and if you know, if it's more than 50%, then I can, I can treat it as a trader business. So in most cases, this is really good news for our farmers. Okay. Okay. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is aggregation. This was another question. We were like, well, what if I have a trucking company and what if I have a farm, you know, and I, maybe I'm over that limitation where I need to, I mean, I have wages of one, not so much wages of the other. And I'd like to build these all together, right? Group them together, aggregate them together. Can I do this? The statute that was passed, or the law that was passed last December was unclear. Um, what these new rules that just were passed last week just kind of proposed by the IRS. They say, yes, you can aggregate businesses together. They provide some limitations. There's about six different rules, but... Generally speaking, a lot of our farm clients, so that the trucking company is an example. You know, if that trucking company is doing a lot of trucking for the farm operation, obviously probably is, they're probably going to be able to aggregate those two together, group them together, and treat them as one for purposes of, of those limitations. So that's another real good news um, coming out of these rules. So are you still with me? I'm, I'm here, yeah. All right. I'm taking it so, all in, buddy. Yeah, just take this all in and yep. you'll be able to yeah. give a presentation on this in a few right. days. Okay, so good news. Now, let's talk about from just the perspective of I'm a landlord only. And, okay. you know, the rent I'm receiving is not, you know, it's not from a related party, basically. So the question still is there. Is this a trader business or not? Right? Because a trader business, we get, it, we get an exception if it's self-rental. We don't get an exception if it's third-party rent. So, what did these regulations say? They said, well, see Code Section 162 for how we, how we might define a trader business. Unfortunately, Casey, we've said this before, 162 does not actually define a trader business. It uses, like, the word trader business in defining itself. We can't figure this out. So, no help, basically. And, and what we really have to do is look at, like, administrative rulings, case law over, like, the last 100 years on, hey, is rental income considered a trader business? All right. We don't really know yet still. So this is kind of the bad news. There's not a lot of clarity on this. I will tell you some what I'm hearing from some other commentators. We here at Heinold Banner have not made any final conclusions on this yet. So you know, we'll want to talk to your tax advisor. But let's talk specifics. The one thing we probably know is that if it's a triple net lease arrangement, and a triple net lease means, among other things, the tenants paying almost all the expenses including the real estate tax, okay? So if it's a triple net lease arrangement, you're not going to be considered a trader business, okay? Now, in most situations I'm familiar with, you know, in the farm community here is, even in a cash rent situation, right, the landlord typically pays the real estate taxes. Is that kind of what it is out your way, Casey, from your understanding? Uh, as far as I understand, yes. Yeah. So... What we believe is you could maybe make an argument that, well, hey, this is, you know, a not a triple net lease. Um, and so the fact that the landlord is paying the real estate taxes, perhaps 
there's an argument there. I do think the IRS probably will fight that. Um, so you might have to be willing to battle on that. But again, that's that's what I'm hearing some other commentators say. We haven't officially made up our mind on that. And we'll talk to all of our you know all of our clients and, and, and fill them in on the you know the risk on this. But uh, certainly landlord paying the real estate taxes is a good thing. Now let's switch over to like a crop share arrangement, right? Where the tenant uh, sorry, the landlord would be paying, you know, for maybe half the crop inputs and getting half the crop, right? Crop share. Um, certainly the landlord is a lot more involved, you know, they're paying more the expenses, so you'd like to think that this is gonna be eligible for this deduction, right? Seems seems logical that probably have a better chance of being treated as a trader business if it's a crop share versus cash rent. Um, I've heard some other commentators though say that kind of be careful because at some point if you're a crop shooter landlord and you're you're so active in the in the farm that this, this income might be subject to self-employment tax. So in other words, okay, I'm a trader business, I get this 20% deduction, but I might have to pay about 15% tax on the income because it's self-employment income. So we're not we're still studying that, but that that could be a risk. So Really, for our landlords that you know aren't part of some active farm operation, there's still a fair amount of uncertainties. Is the takeaway for them? We we, we didn't get a whole lot of clarity on whether a, a rental business is considered a trader business under this new uh, proposed regulation. Okay, so really, then you're saying that if you farm and you are if you farm part of your ground, but you have a cash rent on the other side, what your deduction could offset your your tax, right? Yeah. So just so if you know, bottom line is yeah, that rental income is safe because you also actively farm. It will will get that deduction on the rental income because you actively farm, or you know your children do, or something, right? Those, those rules. If you're you know retired and no family member kind of farms anymore, and you're just you're, you're kind of an outside you know outside tenants. There's still a question about whether you're going to get this deduction or not. Mm. If we're not ready to say, hey, change a lease agreement or do anything, you know, different at this time, it's just something you'll have to talk with your tax advisor and understand the risks. But it's certainly, we certainly have clarity more for our farm farmers that don't land, for just the landlords that don't farm, we don't have much more clarity. Wow. So one's got some clarity, the other one doesn't, so you're still kind of stuck up in the air, huh? Yep. So do you feel like this is there's enough here that has made a big enough difference that it's pretty clear now which direction you can head, or you still feel like there's some some cloudiness out there? I think there's definitely some cloudiness. Um, again, we're you know we talking with each of our landlords, you know, and trying to just you know our clients and saying, hey, here's the risk of it. Hopefully, we'll get some clarity. There is some there's a 45 day comment period, um, so you know people are going to be commenting in. So we're about seven days into that there's a hearing like in the middle of october so probably you know that might give a little bit of help but this trader business issue is is so it's just kind of crazy it's it's never been really resolved in the code and so it's just up to case law it even depends casey maybe what you know where you what part of the country you're living in right certain certain districts maybe have ruled one way on triple net leases and other ones haven't so it's it's kind of specific to the location and and specific to your risk tolerance. So yeah. you'll just, you just want to be, make sure you're educated on the risk of, of claiming this deduction because there are some increased penalties if you claim this deduction and, and the IRS says, hey, no, you didn't do this right. The penalties are actually higher. So 
that's all stuff we'll be talking about with our clients here in the coming weeks uh, and months. Wow, so never a better time to consult your tax advisor on how to move forward with, with, with this cloudiness issue that we have here. Yes, indeed, yep. All right, man. Well, if uh, you anything else that you want to throw out there before we shut this down? No, I think that's probably enough for today. Okay. So we'll <laughs> right. this little That'll work. All right, well, Glenn, if guys want more information about this and want to contact you, how would they do that? Sure, here at Heinold Bainward, our phone number is 309 694 Uh Me personally, you can look me up on Twitter at at Glenn Right. And uh, check out Glenn's Twitter page from time. He's always got good stuff. He's floating out there uh, every throughout the week and stuff. So, uh, Glenn, it's always always a pleasure. And um, it's always – I learn something new every day when you're on here. So I uh, appreciate that. And until next week, have a good one, and we'll talk to you then. All right, Casey. Thank you. Thanks. In the 21st century